0: This is Natalie Pace, and I am pleased to be bringing you my friend, I've known him for a great deal of time, and also large cap value expert, Kelly Wright. He is the manager, edit, managing editor of IQ Trends. Investment Quality Trends, iqtrends.com, and the author of Dividends Still Don't Lie. So we'll be digging into his picks, his lucky 13, um, what his strategy is, even his crystal ball for 2023, because even though he focuses on large cap value and has a real strategy for that, he is also very astute on macro economy, too. So we'll get started shortly. Remember, you can share this. It's free with your friends. um, And it's always available at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. You can just scroll through the videos and find it easily. Or if there is an interview, you know I did, but you can't find it. Just email us info at nataliepace.com with the interview you are interested in in the subject line. Thanks for joining us. We'll get started momentarily. All right, Kelly. I really want to know if you polished up your crystal ball, and if so, what are you seeing for 2023?
1: Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a meat grinder. To be honest with you. Okay. The. I think the, you know, the easy part of the froth yeah. that had built up, yeah. you know, w- w- was taken off last year. And, then, and I think that that was the easy part. And, yeah, right. we, we've we been enjoying this little bit of a rally, which is, I don't know if it's if it's, a, if it's the uh, typical um, rose-colored glass type of a thing that happens at the beginning of the year. Could be, you know, all of the 401k and IRA money, you know, that hits the beginning of the year. You know, they got to put it to work. Bubble, bubble, yeah. quack. Yeah. Um,
0: well, also but- that one Q just came in this morning at 2.9. So everybody's all excited about that, right? So they, I mean, yeah. 4Q, the 4Q and full year, uh, 4Q 2.9, full year 2.1. So they're like, oh, wow, we're doing, we're doing much better than we thought. Everybody was saying we were going to be in a recession last year. And here we grew
1: 2.1%. Yeah, we're rocking, we're rolling. Yeah, uh, GDP was good. Um, I think if you look at the 10 year 3 year I forget what they call it there's a fancy name for it um yeah. it's only signaled eight times and it's eight and oh for a recession so you know the yield um,
0: curve yeah yep
1: yep yep so um look it this could be the you know the the year that it goes eight and one but um I don't think that the, the increases have fully flowed through and hit all the way yet. I mean, well, we're seeing it in, in different uh, different uh, parts of the economy, but um, you know, housing's always the long, slow, last thing to kind of roll over. I mean, we, we've seen different parts of the market have gotten hit. You know, bada boom, yeah. bada bing, up. You know, um, but. Uh, I also noticed, uh, you know, the layoffs, particularly in the tech industry. So, yeah. you know, there's stuff that's still filtering through. But, yeah, um, I think this early part of the year rally notwithstanding, what we're not done yet.
0: Well, also that kind of leads me into your area of expertise, which is debt and leverage. Look, um, you know, all the everybody, everybody that had a pulse got money in 2020, including all the corporations, right? So, are you at all concerned about um, both debt and leverage? And then we'll talk more about valuations. We talked about some of the frost being off, but let's talk about the debt and the leverage first.
1: You know, Geraldine. I always used to say that debt is the albatross that hangs around your neck
0: <clears throat>
1: okay um, and a lot of that debt was acquired yes at, at lower rates, but yes. some of it's, some of it's been rolled over, some of it's been refinanced it's going to be tougher to carry it, okay, especially if um, if earnings get compressed yes. you know so yeah, and leverage is a, is a double-edged sword. Um, Leverage is great at the bottom when things are starting to turn and go back up. You know, that's when you can really, yeah, wow, pedal to the metal and go crazy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. When we're in a rising interest rate environment, though, and an economy that is agitating to slow down, yeah, uh, I think you got to be careful.
0: Okay, so let's talk about how careful looks to you. What would you, in general say, and let's let's also extend that because I know that you're a father. I really i i i I'll, I'll be and admit it. I already said what a huge fan I am of you. I think you're just one of the greatest guys I know i I love your brain, I love your heart. Um so let's talk intergenerational wealth, like what do you think is one of the most important things for someone your age to do? And also, we're seeing with the kids and their college loan debt and and a world that doesn't really add up for them and their budgets, what do you think they should? I mean, obviously, I'm asking a soundbite here, and we could talk about this for days. But what do you think in general, your generation versus your kids?
1: Well, you know, my generation got a huge generational transfer. Okay. Now, that was an entirely different mindset from that generation prior to to, to mine you know a lot of them were influenced by you know the depression you know and they they were much more prudent and um you know even skimpy if you will you know yeah my kids and look I'll, I'll be honest I mean I've spoiled them hell out of my kids, you know, because I, I didn't want them to go through some of the same stuff that like my grandfather did, you know, and, and that I did. So I've always told them, don't dig yourself a hole when you're young by piling up debt. Yeah. And, if, and if you've got college debt, look, <clears throat> pay it down, pay it down, pay it down. Look, your, your, your big earning years are ahead of you. Okay. Um, and when you get into your big earning years, you know, you want to put that money to work towards when you start getting towards my age, you start getting to retirement. So is it fun? No. Um, do people like to do it? No. Does it take discipline? Yeah. But do the discipline now pay down the debt, get it off the books, get it out of your way. Cause then as you move up the ladder and you start getting into your core earning years, then you've got that money to put to work towards more positive things than debt.
0: Yeah. And passive income money, while you sleep?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, money never sleeps. So yeah. Passive, <laughs> income, passive income, whatever you can do to get yourself in a position to start. <clears throat> Look, investing is very simple. It's about return on investment. It's about it's about building capital from resources other than your paycheck. Okay. So, um, you want to get your impediments and things out of the way to clear the deck so that you can grow your wealth. That's the, that's the reason why we do all this is to grow our wealth.
0: Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about our generation then, because if we're heading into a meat grinder of a year, how do we protect ourselves? Because as we all know, in this been in this industry long enough, market timing doesn't work because if market timing, we would have thought last year, we were gonna be in a recession when we had those first two quarters of negative growth. So sure. market timing is not a good strategy. Maybe being all in, um, even on your you know, your index, which outperforms the S&P might not be a great idea if you're age 60 or older, or maybe even age 50 or older. What would you do? Uh, or what would you say to people that are closer to retirement?
1: Okay, so this, this in part gets into how the, the way that you're wired, okay? Yeah. Um, we all have a, a pain threshold, okay? I think the most important thing that all investors can do is, first off, it is know yourself. Know who you are, um, you have to have a philosophy about investing that you can live with. You know, I, I talk to people all the time about the pillow test. If when your head hits the pillow, the last thought on your mind before you drift off with the Sandman is your portfolio. You probably have too much risk. Okay. Mm, I like so,
0: that.
1: No, you, you've got to know who you are. And then there's, Um, so a lot of people, they, they think, oh, I can handle X decline in my portfolio.
0: They always think that when the markets are hot though, they never think that in the apocalypse
1: until your butt is in the frying pan and you can can feel the sizzle. That's when you find out what your risk tolerance is. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So know yourself and. And, and, and understand what risk means to you, okay? There's a difference between um, being in, in a high-quality company that might temporarily be down because of something ancillary that, that's, that's not fundamentally wrong with the company. It could be just, you know, the, the market's in a correction, okay? Yeah, yeah. But if there's nothing fundamentally wrong with your company, um, and the cash flow is fine, and the dividends are safe, you know, you, you, can, you can withstand a paper, quote unquote, paper loss, a paper decline. But a loss isn't a loss until you take it.
0: Right. That's an important thing. All right. So let's talk a little bit about valuations, and then we're going to move on to your lucky 13. You, We don't have to spend a lot of time here, because you said essentially the froth has been taken off, which means that maybe you think it's still a little pricey. If we looked at uh, Warren Buffett's favorite pricing tool, it's really outlandishly pricey. And uh, you know, Schiller's CAPE ratio is very high as well. So what do you think about uh, valuations? Actually, when I was looking at some of your lucky 13 picks, their price earnings ratio is better.
1: My universe is going to be typically, um, you're going to have a lower PE um, because, you know, my universe. Lower is,
0: growth.
1: Yeah. It's super high quality dividend paying blue chip stocks. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not the go, go, it's not the fangs. It's not, you know, uh, the hip slick, cool, sexy stuff that are reveling. Woo, you know, um, yeah. mine a lot is, of fun is,
0: when it goes up,
1: <laughs> a lot of fun when it goes up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there's, you know, Natalie, there, there's the there's the valuations of the broad market. Yeah. And then there's Geraldine always used to say there's the stock market and then there's the market of stocks. Yeah. And those are two entirely different things. And what we're concerned about is the market of stocks that meet our criteria and that represent good value based on what their current dividend yield is, versus yeah. their history. I talk with my hands, sorry. Uh, No, that's
0: good. We like that. Their
1: their history of dividend yield patterns. So um, the market can be over... Look, if you're talking about the broad market, the broad market could take a 50% hit and on a historic valuation uh, measure, it would just be still ho-hum garden variety, middle of the road valuations. That's if the broad market took a 50% hit. So...
0: And by the way, we both know that that's what can happen in recessions, right? I mean, we uh, were just on that panel last week and we're saying, look, it was 55% down in the Dow in the Great Recession, 78% down in the NASDAQ in the dot com. I mean, sure. people have to be aware of the potential out there, especially like put yourself in the frying pan before you're actually there.
1: Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, if you haven't thought about it and then you find yourself there, you're going to react negatively and you're going to hurt yes. yourself. Yeah, but, you'll and, sell low. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the thing about extremes, about excesses, is that in, in – and this bull market that we had was fueled by easy money.
0: Financial crazy, engineering.
1: Crazy, crazy environment. And so the pendulum swung really, really, really fast high on valuations
0: mm-hmm.
1: now, yep. histor- historically when that pendulum swings back it typically goes to an extreme as well
0: yeah and, it's a bloodbath
1: yeah and overshoots to the downside so so when we look at stocks and when we're buying even if the broad market is is overvalued we're buying stocks that are at their low point in terms of price and high yield, so our stocks have already gone through their They're own. Blood back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we buy, we feel good about it. We we know that we we bought at a good point, and and we can withstand. Um, we can we can withstand bad things happening in the broad market. So yeah.
0: Well, I want to just, you've been making reference to Geraldine Weiss, so I just want to real quickly put this in context for folks is that Geraldine developed, I believe it's a six point, um, you know, strategy, looking at things, we call it stick to your knitting, and I would say that Kelly sticks to Geraldine's knitting in a way that really honors her legacy and obviously has earned him quite a legacy himself. So again, those people that are interested in large cap value, you want to go to, it's iqtrends.com, right? Correct. Correct. All right. Yeah. So
1: yeah. I, know you
0: don't want to, I know you don't want to get into all of your uh, picks because they are proprietary and you have a newsletter to sell, but can you give us one or two on your lucky 13 that you really like, maybe your two favorite and uh, tell us why.
1: All right. Um... I really like Amgen. Um, it, it's a biotech pharmaceutical mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, we still have an aging population, um, yeah. you know, and uh, but that part aside, that macro part aside, if you look under what we call look underneath the hood and you look at their uh, cash flow internals, you know, their return on invested capital is very high. It's like 19%. That means for every dollar that they've invested in the operating part of the company, they're getting a 19 cent return. Their free cash flow yield, which is free cash flow is just a really fancy name for profits, (laughs) but nobody uses profit anymore. So you take the enterprise value, what's the company worth, and you divide it by the free cash flow and you get what's called a free cash flow yield. It's a much better metric than what, than than pe ratio so their free cash flow y- yield is seven percent um wh- which means that they're they're rolling in the dough um and they're they're at their high yield area and they have this amazing um track record of increasing their dividend at least 10 percent a year for the last 12 years in a row so wow that's wow. A, that's something that 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 we really 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 like yeah. um All right. So there there you go. Uh, Let's look at uh, let's look at West America Bancorp and the symbol is W.A.B.C. So this is a regional bank. All right. Now, going into a recession, if you're if you're thinking about a bank, you're thinking, God, you've lost your mind. But right. uh, Twelve percent return on invested capital, free cash flow yield of 17 percent. Okay, so so those are numbers. All right. right. And they're at their low price, high yield area. But they are extremely stingy about who they loan to. I okay. mean, you have to be pristine, okay? You don't um,
0: need the money, they'll loan it, loan it to you.
1: Absolutely, if you need it, you gotta head down, down the road. <laughs> um, and also a really a. a, a super majority of their deposits yeah. are from businesses oh. and you know and and so um that's money that sits there basically right. you know you're, you're, you're right. talking about checking accounts um and so they've got this huge base that they pay nothing on you know um and um they make more money investing in securities than mm-hmm. they do in lending or in real estate or anything like that. So just exceptionally well-run bank. Um, and they're up in the Northern California kind of area. Um, but yeah, like them a lot.
0: Great. All right. So we've talked about a, a few here. I wanted to ask you about something. I I noticed that 3M was on your list and this is just getting again, more into looking in the crystal ball down the road, we just heard an announcement that they are going to end forever chemicals. And probably the reason for that is they've been sued and they may have up to like 30 billion in legal liabilities. They make about 6 billion a year. Do you, does your system account for anything like that, where there may be, you know, I know you have Philip Morris on there. So was there a point where Geraldine and, or you said, Hey, you know, this is an industry right now that looks good on paper, but what I'm seeing in the crystal ball headed down the road may be some headwinds that um, are less comfortable.
1: Yeah. You know, look, uh, life happens. And, yeah. um, you know, tobacco is a little bit different industry uh, because human nature hasn't changed a lot since the Garden of Eden. Um, <laughs> people like- We still have a darts. lot of pleasure seekers- people like their stimulants they also like their barbiturates you know so thus right. alcohol um back in the day we you know my grandfather used to call them the sin stocks um yeah. and another friend of mine used to say sin is in how do you spell sin f-u-n so um oh. yeah to- to- tobacco's got a, a fresh new crop of of
0: uh, yeah, sadly.
1: of uh, of customers every year 3m yeah. Yeah yeah they've got some pain yeah they've got some pain um, <clears throat> for us, the writing on the wall is going to be if something happens to their dividend policy okay,
0: and that may happen if they if they have net <clears throat> you know net losses or have to take it. they probably won't take that thirty billion in one lump sum, so that'll be spread out anyway, and they'll fight it as long as they can while they clean up and all that but. Yeah, you probably try right to that. inflate
1: it away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so any lessons that were learned from General Electric in terms of how? I mean, we we both were joking how Warren Buffett magically managed to sell all his GE stock about uh, what four months before they cut their dividend in half, and then now it's trading down at a penny.
1: Yeah, just gosh, how how lucky can you get? Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, you remember back in the day, I remember Geraldine saying, as GE goes, so goes America, um, yeah. which just goes to show you that even, uh, you know, great companies, yeah. great companies are run by human beings with nervous systems and um,
0: yeah.
1: they make, they make mistakes um, yep. and GE lost their way you know, yeah. it's, it's very simple they got away from what they did best AT&T is trying desperately to join that club <laughs> you know, that's another one yeah I mean they've got they've got one of the most marvelous franchises in the world with their wireless business my
0: yeah. god just
1: stick to yeah. what you do so well yeah instead of you know yeah so
0: HBO HBO Max. Yeah. well listen um, I mean I loved a couple of things you were saying there First of all, I just got a notice from Howard Silverblatt that he they're booting AT&T out of their S&P dividend aristocrats list. So yeah. is it still on your list or have you given it the boot?
1: About two years ago, when um, S&P dropped their quality ranking from a yeah. B plus down to a B, um, quality ranking is one of our six criterions. And oh, okay. you have to... You have to have a B plus or better to stay in our universe. Right. So AT and is in what we call the faded blue chips. Those are stocks okay. that used to be in our universe, but um, either because their quality ranking got uh, lowered yeah. below B plus, or they didn't meet their earnings or dividend growth parameters. Right. Uh, parameters. So yeah, um, we we haven't yeah we we, we haven't looked at AT and in a long time. Verizon's another one. They're they're in the yeah. fate of chips, you
0: know. Yeah, so. yeah. These uh, companies that were founded, I think, you know, if they were founded before 1980 and they had pensions, OPEBs, and that such thing, they may have the more debt. All right. Any last words of wisdom from uh, from you, Kelly? We we're all ears. <laughs> wrap wrap us up.
1: <clears throat> okay. Um, investing is a business. It should be treated as a business. It's not a casino. It's not a lotto ticket. Okay. (laughs) If you were going to go buy a business down on main street, what's the first thing you want to know is how am I going to get paid? Okay. So yeah. Um, when you're buying a stock, you're buying an ownership interest and you want to know how am I going to get paid? What's my return on investment? Um, And that's, I I think, the most important thing that you can do is know how you're going to get paid. And then that's, you know, dividends are the the most uh, immediate um, example of return on investment. Um, And that's why we're we're such uh, dividend advocates. But other than that, know who you are. Have a philosophy. And stick to it
0: and i you know i want to circle back because i wanted to kind of highlight this you know when you were talking about geraldine and she has an extremely great track record her system you do you know nobody is 100 percent, right so we oh. also have to recognize that and you know i always liken it like the beautiful woman that sees only the zit on her face you know she, she's leaning into the mirror all she sees <laughs> is the zit and, you know, if she just looked back and saw the, herself the way all of us see her, she would see this beautiful woman. And so, you know, have a plan that doesn't look, you know, where you you don't expect yourself to be perfect, right?
1: Well, look, if there was a perfect system, the market would cease to exist because everybody would adopt it and the market would go. It would, yeah, it would go. Communism. You know, there's... Yeah. There's some fundamental, I think there's some fundamental things you can do. I'm, I'm a big believer in fee based financial planners, not, you know, financial planners that necessarily are, are product people that do a plan by. Okay. So, um, there's certain things that you need to understand, um, Know what your budget is <laughs> know know what you're spending money on when and where, okay, and then you know you need to have a retirement budget and look yes, some of us are butchers, some of us are bakers, some of us are candlestick makers, and if you need help with this there's there's people out there, and they're worth the expense they're worth the time to help you get organized to help you get disciplined. Then, once you know what your financial picture looks like, okay, you do a really good job about this you you you're more into um, allocation and and, yep. and looking at and looking at the whole picture you know I, yep. i'm just looking at the, at the equity part because yep. that's where we live you know yep but when, when someone comes to us, I assume you've done all of that work, and now you want me to help you with the equity portion right. but you need to know all of that stuff. Uh, and, you know, um, life insurance, health insurance, these are important things, especially if you are responsible for providing for the needs of someone else. OK. Yep. What if something happens to you? You need to have a, 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 a backdrop you know, for the, a safety net. Okay. Yeah. You're, you talk, you talk the best about safety. I think of anyone out there. Um, I assume Thank that you. it's been done. I assume that it's yeah. been done, but people need to be reminded. Um, I have five children, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so so you're, these things
0: are things you do yourself. You're not, you're, you're telling them what you do yourself. And this is something I really am grateful because before, when I, uh, in, you know, led into you, I said, look, this is Kelly, he's a large cap value guy, right? And I think that's important is like, you know, you don't want to use Kelly's tools, which are amazing in his area of expertise, and think that you're using it to protect wealth, you're using this to grow your wealth and to take on yes. that extra little bit of risk for added performance. And again, I do you can brag about yourself here, because I do know that your performance is better than the S&P 500. So those of you that think, I'll just put S&P index in my large cap value. You might be missing out by not um, checking out what Kelly does. And do go to iqtrends.com. Kelly, as always, Um, we'll have to do this again. I really, really admire you. As you well know, I'm a super fan of you. And I'm very, very grateful for you joining me today.
1: It's always a pleasure. I'm at your service anytime. You're one of my favorites. And I think what you do in terms of education and, and helping your folks, it's absolutely necessary. There's not, she's one of the good people. All right. Oh, she's thank one you, of the Kelly. best in the business. And um, what you do is very, very important. So I am a big fan of yours.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So uh, hopefully, we'll get a boatload of people over there learning from your expertise. I'll see you at the next Money Show and uh, have a lovely weekend.
1: All right, you do the same. Always good to see you. You take care.
0: Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. And thank you for joining me today with Kelly Wright. Again, he has a good system. It was developed, you know, almost 40 years ago by his predecessor. Um, And also, you know, he is keen on making sure that you understand how to use his tool, Um, and he's a good man. So I, I hope that you take all that he says and visit him, especially if you're interested in large cap value. For those of you that know me as the author of The Power of 8 Billion, It's Up to Us, and also as Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is, I will say that if you choose to invest in that way or get a large cap value fund in the U.S., you are investing in a lot of polluters. So if you're interested in putting your money where your heart is and making sure that you're greening your portfolio, there's another thing too, and I have talked about this uh, both in video conferences and in blogs, ESG investing is missing the E. Value investing in the US, missing the E as well. So you may be profiting from polluters. So if you are really keen on this, on healing our planet, not only in your product choices and changing your consumer behavior, but also in greening your portfolio. It's not as easy as just going with Kelly or ESG investing, but it isn't difficult once you learn it. So reach out to us. That's what we do here. You could start with reading uh, The Power of 8 Billion. It's up to us. Um, Also, I would encourage you to attend our next online retreat, which is gonna be in April. If you register by January 31st, you get a free coaching session and the lowest price. Also, I'm going to put a few blogs in the um, you know, in this video conference so that you can easily access them. This one is 10 Wealth Strategies of the Rich. So as you can see here, large cap value is a piece of our pie, not the whole banana. Okay. Also, there's a rebalancing your nest egg IQ test. That I recommend anybody, especially over the age of uh, 35 or 40, to take. This will be in there. And I also have an investor IQ test that I just posted with updated data. And that's right at uh, Nataliepace.com forward slash blog. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, you can watch this back at youtube.com forward slash pace. Share with your friends. And I'll see you. In February, I'm going to be hosting Howard Silverblatt, the Senior Index Analyst of the S&P 500. He'll have a lot to say, uh, words of wisdom as well. Thank you again and see you soon.